Welcome to Faith Baptist Church, Great Village, where we believe in the truth of the gospel, building of community, and engaging in the mission of Christ. We hope you enjoy this week's message as our pastors share from God's Word. Good morning. I can't tell if I'm on. Oh, there you are. I can turn this off now. I was going to play a little trick on Art and just go like this because he said he was looking after the sound. Because he was trying to get me wound up this morning. Like, uh, he was talking about cows and winding their tails to get them angry. I figured I'd preach better or something. Anyway. <laughs> um, I've had a few people say, leave your hat on because that's who you are. I've had a few people say, no, take it off. So, um, just going to take a poll. Who'd like me to leave it on? Who'd like me to take it off? <laughs> Um, it is who I am. Uh, for today, I'm trading in my steering wheel for a pulpit. And uh, a little bit about myself, I'm a freight relocator specialist, which is a fancy term for a truck driver. Um, for a long time, uh, I've loved the Lord. I grew up knowing that there was a God. Um, 1990, decided that I would make him my God. And uh, I've had ups and downs and ins and outs since then. And uh, that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is Abram. Um, he was just a regular guy like me. And God called him. So, Father, we just thank you for this morning. I ask that there would be clarity of thought here this morning. Most of all, that people would go away encouraged and blessed in Jesus' name. So I'm going to start, I know we're in Genesis, but to kind of lay a foundation for what I uh, want to go through here, I want to start in Hebrews 11 and verse 1. And... Um, consider Abram, Abraham the father of faith, but it's really interesting what faith is, and it's according to 11.1 1 in Hebrews, it says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So, um, we can go now, uh, like you turn back to Genesis 12, and uh, to um, being assured of things we do not see. I guess that's where I want to go with this. I'll, I'll read it, and I, I'm, I'm, I haven't spoken public for a long time, so please forgive me. Um, I'm very excited to have this opportunity. So chapter 1 says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Abram, sorry, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all of the families of the earth 
shall be blessed. As um, somebody is just minding his own business, he's uh, living in a, in a in the city or outside of the city of Ur, and it's a pretty good place to live. Um, I, I actually want to. Um, read you a little bit about what Ur was possibly like. Um, Ur had been an important city for several thousand years before Abraham was born there. It could house 34,000 people within its four square miles. had walls 35 feet thick. But Ur's prosperity had been declining. So it was less crowded in Abram's day. Um, just going to skip down here and tell you that the city was a marvel of architecture and design, had broad paved streets, subterranean sewage systems. I mean, this is uh, even before the Romans. The middle and upper classes lived in large multi-storied houses. Hot, cold, running water all enjoyed prosperity and luxuries made possible by Ur's international commerce. That's God called Abram away from. And for us, that is what God calls us out of the world. And he says, there's something better for us. And Abraham went, in verse 4, as the Lord told him, and Lot went with them. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran, because he left there and went to Haran. Um, he took his wife, Sarai, his wife, and his brother's son, and all that he possessed. It's, it's interesting. Um, we think 75 is old in today's world, but back then people did live a little bit longer, the patriarchs, um, just because uh, I guess maybe didn't have as much pollution like we have. Uh, sin... God said in the garden that um, you know sin will destroy us and cause death. And as we progress, we see that sin is increasingly destroying us quicker. And um, it's sad. It's very sad in the world we live in that there's a lot of things we can't say or do, but we must look at what the, the world says but what God says and he is calling us out like Abram and we are sojourning here uh, my thoughts um, the, the encouragement I want to give today is, is, is going back off what Jalen talked about at the end of his sermon last week for those of you who weren't here he was going towards hope and that's where I would like to take you is on a journey of hope. Um, not just to look at today, right here, right now, but where are we going to end up? And um, Jalen talked about Job. Job had no idea why the stuff that was happening to him happened to him. But in the end, he kind of figured out it's okay not to understand everything. 
God is still in control. And Abraham, Abram, was like that. God called him out and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do these things for you. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. And people who curse you, I'm going to curse. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good uh, place to be in. And Abraham went. He just went. Like, he didn't, uh, uh, well, how? Why? He just, it says he obeyed God and went. Um, the, uh, the, the other thing that I would like to point out about Abram that a lot of people do not think about is that um, he wasn't under the law of the Ten Commandments. So we see some things in his life that we go, oh, wow, you know, why would he do something like that? Well, culturally, at the time, um, that is what the culture around him did, and he didn't have that backdrop of thou shalt not. Uh, I'm, I'm saying that out now because um, there's a lot of um, scripture in 12, 15, 17, there's a lot of information packed in there that I don't have time to unpack, and I just want to focus more or less on the hope that Abram had. Um, I am. Um, I don't want to mess that message up. Uh, I'd like you to turn to um, Hebrews, or. Uh, Sorry, Romans chapter 4, or you can follow on the screen. And, and in verses 1 to 3, what then shall we say was gained by Abram our forefather according to the flesh for if Abram was justified by works he has something to boast about but not before God for what does the scripture say Abram believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness um, it's not that we shouldn't ask God questions because uh, the next point in my message is Abraham does question God. And it's a legitimate question. Um, I'd like to go back now to Genesis 15. I know there's there's a kind of a lot of if you have a place you can put a bookmark that would probably help you a lot. Um, in uh, taking the Preaching 101 course uh, I've always been a person who believes if you, if you stay on the word of God that will be your backup. I can stand up here and I can say whatever I want but if it doesn't line up with the word of God please dismiss it. Genesis 15 Abram is doing what God called him to do. He's moved out. He's traveling around. Um, he's uh, nomadic not like us where we have a place that we we have a permanent address he, he moved around because he was a shepherd 
herdsman. But now we come to the point where uh, in chapter 12, God made Abram a promise that he would make him a great nation. Now we come to the covenant part of that promise because there is a difference between a promise and a covenant. Um, when you make a promise to somebody, it, it's, it's a generality. Like, you know, here's what I've got lined up. When you, when you get down to the intimate details of the promise, that's, that's like the covenant part, and that, that can't be broken. And if it is broken, it could be very disastrous for the person who breaks the, that side of the covenant. So uh, I want to point out, uh, getting back to Abram, questioning God. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. He says, Fear not, Abram, for I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. A but Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless. And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And what, uh, what happened in chapter 12 was, God said, I'll make you a great nation. And you can become a great nation without having heirs, because you can appoint people to lead your nation. And that's kind of what Abram's saying. God, you said I'd be a great nation, but the only person I have is, is Eliezer, my servant Eliezer from Damascus. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This is God's answer. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. This taking the promise for one step up for Abraham. I was 75 when you called me. Sarah, I can't have kids. Uh, wow. So it is okay to question God. And um, Job questioned God. Sometimes she get answers and sometimes she don't. But this was something I think was totally unexpected to Abram. Um, you know, he was just thinking as we think, you know, okay, uh, to go to Toronto, for example. And we get down to details. Well, how am I going to get there? Am I going to walk? Am I going to drive a car? Am I going to take a train? Am I going to fly? And somebody comes along and um, they says, here's tickets, take an airplane. And that's kind of what is similar to what's happening here. Yeah, I'm going to, Abraham's thinking, I'm going to be a great nation. I have this servant in my household. He's very well respected my most trusted servant. I'll maybe, maybe I'll appoint him. He'll be the, the king. And yet, it'll be through me because I'm the one appointing him. And God's like, no. You're going to have a son. And it's going to come from you. He's going to come from you. And uh, verse 7, and, and he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out from Ur of the Chaldees to give you this land to possess. But he said, O Lord God, how am I to know that I shall it. And this is where God comes down and he cuts the covenant. He says, bring me a heifer three years old, a female goat three years old, a ram three years old, a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he brought him all these, cut them in half, laid each half over against the other. But he did not cut the birds in half. And when the birds of prey came down on the carcass, Abram drove them away. And 
that seems strange in our civilized world, but in ancient times when people, families came together or whatnot, they would cut a covenant and they would do this thing. They would take animal sacrifices and they would each party would walk through and uh, that would kind of cement the thought that this is a forever thing. It's not just a promise. This is like if you break this covenant, they pronounce a curse, and and that curse will come upon that person. Like this is why wars get started. It's because of covenants being broken. Um, however, on this covenant in particular, uh, was kind of one-sided. Abraham didn't. Abram didn't have to do anything. The only thing Abram did, and in, in the midst of God speaking to you, things can get messy. And Abram had to fight off the predators that came to eat the sacrifices. So even if you're doing what God's called you to do, or, uh, you know, sometimes uh, you don't know what God's called you to do. If you're doing what the Bible tells you, because the Bible is God's word, and you're doing your best, know that things will still happen. Attacks will still come. And, and, and for Abram, you know, he's like, man, this is an important time in my life. God told me to do this. And, and yet here he is with his staff. He's probably whacking the birds and, and uh, whatever other predator would come. Because this is such an important time for him. So keep fighting. Keep fighting. As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram. Behold, dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs, and will be servants there, and they will be afflicted for 400 years. But I will bring judgment on the nation's that they serve, and afterwards they shall come out with great possessions. As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age, and they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And when the sun had gone down, behold, a smoking pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, In your offspring I give this land, from the river Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. And then he tells him the lands of that, because that's the land of the Canaanites, the Kenizzites, the Kadamites, the Hittites, all the ites, the Eums. Um, but here's the interesting thing. God said, you won't see it, but your descendants will. So I would like to go now to Hebrews, or pardon me, yeah, Hebrews 6. If you don't have a Bible, it should be up here. When, when The first time I, I preached, I did have a microphone. It was recorded on cassette. We didn't have this stuff, so it's, it's really great. That uh, technology is good, it's bad. 
13, 613. For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abram patiently waited, obtained the promise. For people swear by something greater than themselves in all their disputes. An oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that carries into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And Melchizedek is kind of a side note. Uh, he, Abram was just kind of minding his business, and Melchizedek came to talk to Abraham, and uh, there's, there's many... Uh, ideas of who Melchizedek was, but nonetheless, Abraham gave a tenth of everything he had to Melchizedek, and so uh, Melchizedek is a representation of God. So even before the commandments were given, Abraham gave a tenth. Uh, the Abraham, Abram, Calling this Abram and Abraham are the same people for those who may be confused while I'm going back and forth, but uh, it's the same, he, he is the same person. Um, the hope that we have is sometimes hard to see while we are here on earth. Uh, I'm going to skip forward to Hebrews 11. Go through eight sixteen. Uh, once again, talking about Abraham and his obedience, going forth into something he couldn't see the end of. And in verse eight, it says, "By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place." that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs from the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. And that's the journey I want to take us on this morning. There is so much to Abram's life. There is so much from his name change from uh, exalted father to father of nations. Abram means exalted father. Abraham means father of nations. He could not be called a father of nations if he did not have his own heir. But through all this, God said, um, your descendants are the ones that are going to see the fulfillment of the promise. And Abram looked past that and he knew that there was more. He, he was so 
intimate with God. Uh, if you look through uh, 12, actually 12, 13, 17, anywhere it talks about Abraham and Genesis. Anytime God spoke to him, he built an altar or he offered him something. He was very intimate with, with him. Yet, I believe because of that intimacy, as he grew in his faith, as he grew in his knowledge of who God was, he, he realized that this promise that I have, that I'll become a great nation, or my descendants will become a great nation through me, there's still something better out there. And in Hebrews 11, it says he was looking forward to the foundations of a city whose builder is God. He left the city that at that time was considered probably one of the best type of cities in the world. Hot and cold, running water, paved streets. Uh, one of the things that Ur was fa founded on was uh, textiles. Some of the, the uh, world's greatest textiles, which you know, clothing, blankets, tents, came from that area because uh, of the, where it was situated and the market they were able to um, export to. And uh, uh, it was uh, to leave that as a herdsman. That's where his income came from. Like, you know, uh, he could he could sell and get a good price for his uh, sheep and lambers and whatever he had for for um, cattle. And to be called away from that. I mean, if uh, God called you away from what you think is the best job or, or whatever uh, city, like I like it here. And I don't know what you got planned for me. That is where Abram was. Wow. Really? You want me to leave all of this? It just says he, he did. He left. And he went. And God directed his path. And God told him, you're not going to enter the promised land, but your descendants will. Is that good enough for us? Or do we want it all now? It was good enough for Abraham to the point that he's like, well, I'm looking towards a city that's even greater than all of this, a city whose foundation is built by God. And that's our hope. In John 14, 1-7, Jesus is now speaking. As a side note, people ask, you know, are you nervous? Oh, well, yeah, I'm a little nervous. I mean, it's a great responsibility to preach the word of God. But uh, um, I just pray that God would use me. And uh, Jesus spoke not only to multitudes, but to his disciples. And fortunately, I'm in good company. Because if you don't get that, what I'm trying to convey here is a thought and a message of encouragement. A lot of people didn't understand what Jesus was saying either, so I'm in good company. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that. And I go to prepare a place for you. 
And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. Jesus is intimately talking to his disciples here. And Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, he has just said that if you know him, you know the Father. And that there is a place that he is preparing for you, each one of us, each one of us has been called out of this world. We are on a journey, and there is an ending, and that ending is with him, with Jesus in heaven, who is building a city for us. Now, on our journey, like Abram, Abraham, things happened. We note that uh, he, in our estimation, did not do everything right. Like when uh, one point in his life there was a famine and he moved down to Egypt. And as they were going down there, he's like, uh, Sarai, um, you're a beautiful woman. At this point, she was like 65 years old. And the kings will desire you. So don't tell them you're married to me, just say you're my sister, which is a half-truth, because in that day and age, he married his half-sister, and that's that was uh, okay. There was no law saying you can't, as I said before, the Ten Commandments had not yet been written. And we look at that and say, oh my gosh, that's that's, that's not right. And uh, God didn't think it was right either. And uh, God stuck up for Abram and appeared to Pharaoh in a dream. It's like, this lady is Abram's wife. Don't touch her. Give her back to him. And God says he will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. At that time, Pharaoh was smart enough to go. You can have her back. Oh, and by the way, take all this stuff too because I don't want you back. So, for somebody who unknowingly could have uh, been harmed by what Abram did, God protected that Pharaoh as well. And the Pharaoh was smart enough to listen. And he blessed Abram. Therefore, the Pharaoh would probably have been blessed. As we watch over the next 400 years, Egypt did become a greater nation. How does this apply to us today. Well, as um, encouragement, hope. Hope is a very powerful thing. If you don't have hope, it would be called despair. And being in despair is uh, a frightening thing. It, uh, a lot of it we see a lot of despair in, in our world today. Like I remember uh, 
in the 80s growing up, you'd go to school and, and your biggest problems would be somebody, somebody would have a puffer for asthma. And other than that, they, they still went to gym, ran around, got out of breath, asthma. Now, now from my kids going to school, they're coming home and they're talking about social issues and this and that. Very discouraged. I'm a firm believer if you go to school, you should go to learn reading, writing, and arithmetic. But I'm not running the school system. And I don't know how I would make out in today's world in school. It's, it's bad enough just watching the news. And um, that's why I want to go to Psalm 46 and just put more encouragement into the hope that we are looking forward to. The, the hope, it's not, it's not one day, someday, far away, I'll be with Jesus. It's more than that. It's like, yeah, I am going to be. Even when I don't feel like it, because it's written down here, Jesus said it. And that gives us the hope that when things are going wrong and we don't feel like God is there, we have the hope knowing that he is. Psalm 46 can explain it better than I am trying to, so I will use God's own word to back up what he says. And it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble, whether we feel like that or not. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble, at its swelling. And the reason I picked this psalm, because there are a lot of psalms that talk about God's protection, but this one talks about the city of God, the city that Abram looked forward to. And um, he says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. And as I've pointed out through Scripture already, that's what we have to look forward to. Um, we've all been in a peaceful spot, I'm quite sure, you know, the river's flowing, butterflies are going. Uh, that's nothing compared to what God has for us. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord. How he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shutters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob 
is our fortress. When things are going on around us, oftentimes, um, no matter what it is, and you're talking to somebody and say, oh, I'm going through this. Well, what should I do? And you just Google it. That's a scary thing to do because if you Google it, what comes up may not be very beneficial to you. It may sound good. Oh, poor is me, woe is you, go see a therapist. That's no good. Um, we have to look forward, not look back. So, if instead you're talking to somebody and they say, I don't know what to do, don't tell them to Google it. I don't know. Uh, maybe just Bible it. In my own life, I am going to admit that I spend way too much time on the tablet or the, the Netflix. But when I do open my Bible and spend time reading it and getting to know the Father better, there is a peace that comes that passes understanding. And for me and the things I've been through, I've come to a realization that it's better than a therapist. A therapist or a, a, they will oftentimes ask you about your feelings. And feelings are very fickle. Within a few minutes, I could, I could play a song that uh, could be very sad and immediately take you to a sad place. And then turn around and play a, a song that is very upbeat and you'll be happy. That's fickle emotions. And that's uh, that is the, not that piece of the piece that passes understanding is whether emotions are up or down. You just know that you know that you know that there is a, a city that's built for me. I am here uh, no matter what happens on this earth while I am here. I know where I'm going. And um, getting back to Jalen last week and said Job got to a place where he understood that it was okay to not understand everything God does. Uh, the question, why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to bad people? Why do good things happen to bad people? Why do good things happen to good people? The rain falls on the just and the unjust. Every day is going to be different. Our encounters are going to how are, the, the thing is, how are we going to approach it? Are we going to approach it as somebody like, I don't know where this is going. I don't know how it's going to end. Or are we going to approach it as a people who God has called out and on this journey towards our goal, which, which is to spend eternity with him, go, no matter what happens today, I will trust in him. And... Um, that, 
in a lot of ways is my testimony because I have been up, I have been down, I have been around. Um, even as a Bible-believing Christian, I have been stuck in addiction. But all through that addiction, I never gave up hope that God loved me and was prepared a place for me. And as a matter of fact, most of the time through my addiction, my heart's cry was, I want to go home. And I didn't mean to divert. I meant home. God has delivered me out of that addiction to where I am now. I still want to go home. where I now want to be an encouragement to those around me who are going through things saying that no matter what God still loves you he has a plan for you he has a purpose for you and um, yeah like Abram he looked forward and he believed God he believed God Romans 8 to even hammer the point further home about God's love for us and what is going on around us. It says, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? I'm in verse 31. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, he was raised. Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? You know, um, if you call a prayer line and they decide not to pray for you, it's not the end of the world. Because... Jesus is praying for you. That's what interceding means. He's doing things on your behalf. So don't be discouraged if they hang up on you or you lose your phone connection. God is praying for you. Jesus himself is praying for you. Be encouraged. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written? For your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. This is the world we live in. Um, a lot of times, you don't want to use the word Christian because the next thing that's going to be coming is, oh, you hate everybody. That's because the people who say that have never actually read the Bible and just think it's a good thing to say. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And this is the part I want you to take home. This is our hope. I am persuaded. I am sure that neither death nor life, angels nor rulers, present or things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other thing in all of creation will be able to separate us from the law love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord 
going back to the first scripture I read. And I hope I have encouraged you, brought you on a journey, that no matter what is going on in your life today, that you can understand that faith is not a feeling. It is something to be sure of. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. I am positive, 100% sure, that no matter what goes on around me, what my feelings may be trying to tell me, that God is building a place in heaven, not just for me, but for those who believe. He said so. And I may not understand it. I may not know what type of machinery he's using to build it, or if he has big crews, little crews, or... That's not my concern. My concern is to know that it's going to be there when he comes for me. And that is kind of where I wanted to take us. Abraham is our example. He was called out of a worldly place that had all it had to offer at that time. And he walked. And as he walked, he grew more with God. And even though he died without setting foot in the promised land. He knew that he knew that he knew that's what was going to happen for his descendants because God said so. God told him and he believed and it was counted to him as righteousness. You can have a bad day. You're allowed to have a bad day. Okay. Um, that's the second half. That was intermission. I will. Uh, I will say that is is a little unfair. Andy and Jay Lynn, when they preached, they didn't have anybody to tell them when they were done. That's all right. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I I could do that, um, but. Uh, since you're all encouraging me to take another five minutes. Uh, so, uh, in conclusion, I hope that you are encouraged this morning and have a hope. Maybe you've known about this hope and maybe it's become a little dim. I just would like you to know that God, when he makes a promise, he keeps it. Father, I just thank you for this morning. Thank you that uh, your word is an encouragement to us, no matter what is going on in our world around us. And that no matter how we feel or what is going on in our lives. We know that there's nothing that can separate us from your love. In Jesus' name.